Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Lady Chow Fung, and we're going to review The One-Armed Swordsman, a 1967 Chang Che film starring Jimmy Wang Yu. Uh, the film is about Fang Kang, the top uh, student at Master Chi's Golden Sword School. When his teacher's daughter slices off his arm in a fit of rage, he retreats from the martial world, and there he finds love. Uh, there he also discovers a left-handed sword play manual that... Uh, his, uh, his new lover gives to him, and he uses that to save his schoolmates from a vengeful master named Longarm Devil. So that's the really sort of condensed version of the story. There's a lot more to it. It's not, a, it's not an especially short film. Um, so Lady Chow Fung, why don't, uh, why don't you start with uh, what you thought of this movie? I like the, the film a lot. I thought it was a, a great movie. It was to me, more of a drama than um, a swords play movie or kung fu movie, but I enjoyed the drama of the movie and, of course, the working relationships of all the people involved. Yeah, it was really, I think, more of a of a of a drama and a romantic kind of love story, similar in a way to uh, to the assassin, where. You know the the relationship between him and and Zhao Man, the Lisa Chow Chow character, is is really central, and and it's almost an anti anti martial world movie. It's the the emphasis. Uh, I, I I like to think of this one as sort of the the inverse of the of the assassin, whereas in the assassin, he's um uh he's sort of a man running away from love into war, and in this one. He's a man running from war into love, and I think it's a, a I don't know, a very interesting movie for that reason. And also, you know, just the whole, uh, you know, one-armed swordsman aspect of it is something that I find really resonates with me. Um, but yeah, I would I would agree with you. I think I think it's I think it's definitely more on the on the dramatic side. Though though I think the fight scenes in it are pretty good. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the fight scenes are really good. Also. But I thought it refreshing that it focused more on the relationships between all the characters, especially the uh, Zhao Men character and Fang Kang, than it did the fighting. The fighting wasn't central, but it was important. Yeah, and, and I think, too, the, um, I like the mood and the atmosphere of the movie. The, it's one of these films, I know that we've, we've mentioned this a lot in other podcasts, but the music and and the visuals really work well in this one for me and i notice it more and more every time i see it just because the some of the music is a little bit subtle and so it doesn't quite jump out at me the way say the opening theme for uh hero shed no tears does but it really helps elevate a lot of the film and that opening sequence where he loses his arm uh to the the sword master's daughter uh who just kind of you know gets really uh, bent out of shape when he knocks her on the ground um, is I think one of the most beautiful one of the most beautifully shot uh, scenes in the movie uh, especially if you uh, you know you, you sort of pause it at key moments it's very uh, it's very well composed and it's, it's got this gorgeous contrast of the the color of of all of the costumes and the white snow and the blood on the ground right and I just think that's like a really magnificent sequence I thought the coloring in this movie was 
awesome just about in every shot. The coloring of the costumes was perfect. Um, the lighting, I think, was really good, especially in that that scene that allows the colors of the costumes to play off the white snow and the vibrancy of the blood against the snow. I thought that was all excellent. I think they did a well, a very good job with everything in this movie. Oh. The action was great. The acting was great. The lighting was great. The costuming was great. And the makeup was great. I also, one of the things I really like about this movie, the, the bad guys are really nasty in this. Um, uh, and we can get into the main bad guy in a little bit because I know we, we talked a little before the podcast and we both had some thoughts on, on how that was dealt with. But the, uh, the uh, what, what was his name? Chang, Smiling Face, um, yes. his right-hand man. And I think uh, one of his pupils was named uh, Gua Shang and he had another guy as well. And and it's it's sort of like one of these hierarchies of evil where you just get progressively more villainous as you climb up the uh, as you climb up from like henchman to the to the master evil villain. But even at the lower levels, they're just they're just so unrepentingly bad and and incapable of of, of doing anything that's 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 just not mean spirited. Um, and so I don't know, it's it's kind of a. a you know, it's a little over the top, but I, I really like that in these kind of movies. Um, I enjoyed that, too. And the intelligence of the characters progressively got better as in the hierarchy. The, the henchmen at the bottom were not the brightest. The two of smiling. What's his name? Uh, smiling, smiling face. Smiling face. His two lower henchmen weren't the smartest two, but um, the main villain, his henchmen were a lot smarter. And yeah, I, don't, yeah, I have I a agree. thing for intelligence in my villains. I don't like them to be um, just all about the power and all about the evilness, but I like intelligence also. No, those two guys were good. I think, I think they were Ting and Ba, and they were the ones that came up with the lock sword to use against the, uh, the golden sword school. So the whole thing is the, uh, long arm devil, the main villain, he, he wants revenge against the, the head of the golden sword school. And in order to do it, they, they overcome the swords by, they, they have these sort of modified hook swords that, that have these locks that, that grab the swords and then they stab the guys with daggers. Um, uh, you know when the swords lock, so it's kind of a combo of technology and the right, the right uh, tactic, and uh, and so I think I think that really works, and uh, and it, and it's like you say, it's the it's sort of in, uh, intelligent villains um, with yeah, a plan. That, that the inventing of that sword was ingenious, and realizing that swordsmen do not like to give up their swords and they're going to try to get their swords out of the hook. So the best way to kill them would be to go, you know, with a, a short dagger right to the stomach or the chest. So yeah, that I thought that was pretty ingenious on their part. No, I agree. And I like how all that stuff really kind of comes together throughout the whole movie. So that obviously plays into the um the Jimmy Wang Yu character Fang Kang losing his 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 arm and having to fight with his other his other hand and he ends up devising a style that is 
because he's using his offhand, he, he uses his father's broken sword. Uh, and, and that is one of the things that enables him to overcome the guys with the lock swords. Uh, so I just like how all the pieces sort of sort of fit together. And I like I like the whole aspect of the, the father's sword, which you know, you, you, the, the, the opening of the movie, the and again, this is, I think, another another moment where, where you see the sort of ingenious villains. There are these bandits who are uh, trying to get back at Master Chi of the Golden Sword School because he's I think he stopped one of their robberies or something. And this is before this is like, I don't know, maybe 10 years before the movie really takes place it's sort of the backstory and they arrive with a message and when the master opens up the envelope there's powder inside that's poisonous and he he gets dizzy and then all of the bandits attack and it's it's kind of cool because you know the bandits wouldn't be able to take him otherwise they're probably too weak but that that little tactic uh helped them to 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 overcome the disparity in skill and and uh fang kang's father who i think was just a servant at the school uh, springs into action and helps save the the master, but he gets killed in the process, and his sword breaks. And then he the... seemed to be—I'm sorry—he seemed to be more. He probably was just a servant, but he seemed to be a little bit more than a servant because his swords play was so good. Yeah, I, I've I've wondered about that, and I don't know what the I don't know what the real explanation is, but I I agree with you because he was really. And I was even looking at it this time to see, like, I was checking to see, like, him, you know, he's like, is there any, you know, obvious problems with his sword play or something that we're supposed to be zoning, you know, like zeroing in on? And uh, his, he, he, I, I mean, I, I guess he, he must have still known how to use a sword. Uh, but I think, I think the basic idea was just that he was, you know, like lower class than, um, than the other people at the sword school. Um, and, and for whatever reason, he, you know, I don't know if he was a, you know, uh, uh, an actual student or not, but he was, he, they kept referring to him as the, the servant. And, and when he dies, because he's protected the master, the master agrees to take in Fang Kang, his son, as, uh, as his student. Uh, but then, you know, when they advance 10 years later, that's sort of the source of tension between him and the master's daughter and the other two senior students. So, uh, you know, but I... Oh, go so, ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And the master's daughter has some romantic feelings of her own towards Kang Fang. Well, and th- and that's that's one. Yeah, she's she's one of these these uh, characters who, you know, she she's really in love with him, but the way that she expresses it is the worst way possible, and she just abuses him and orders him around, and he just doesn't. He either doesn't get it or he does and he doesn't like her and doesn't reciprocate. Um, and I think the other two students, the two senior students that are always picking on her are on him are, uh, are jealous because they like her. And so that's the dynamic that the movie opens with. And it, uh, you know, it, it culminates in, in Feng Kang losing his arm when she, uh, when she sort of confronts him in the wilderness. Um, and I agree with that because I think that, um, the most senior student probably thinks that after they, um, well, after they find out that the father's going to have this big birthday party and retire, he probably thinks that he's going to actually become the new leader of the school and in turn will get the hand of the daughter, but he sees that she's still in love with him, 
even after he's gone. Yeah, yeah, I would. I, I, I think that was definitely what was going on there. And I, and I, and we should say, I think, I think this is loosely based on the um, Return of Condor Heroes storyline. Um, not, not a lot. Like if it's not, it's not the whole story, and it's very sort of uh, fast and loose with the characters. But that core idea of the um, of the main hero having his arm taken off by the by the by the master's daughter. Uh, is very reminiscent of what happens to the main character in that story. And so I think they just kind of took that as like a nugget and then just worked a whole movie around it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's, uh, uh, you know, it's, it, it's an, it's an interesting part of the, part of the film though, that, uh, you know, the, 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 the way that, you know, it opens up with all that, and 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 just the artful way it deals with his father's sword, uh, from him picking it up off the ground when his dad dies, to to uh, to it being handed to him again by um, by Zhao Man when she's nursing him back to health, and and then it becoming useful when he um, when he when he when he learns the left-handed swordplay style, uh, but but yeah, so I I. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I I was I this is I I think this is to me this is uh you know sort of a, a a masterpiece when it comes to this kind of filmmaking. And and I just find that uh you know every time I see it I'm 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 always sort of noticing other things about it or you know blown away by by something I hadn't hadn't really observed before. Um but but yeah, so I don't know, did you have any 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 uh any before we get on to the the main villain, because I know we want to talk about that. But um, any other thoughts on the on the sword school itself, or the uh, the the arm the arm severing sequence? Well, I'll talk about the characters. Um, I didn't find that um, Fang Kang was all that likable at the beginning of the movie. He was um, a bit arrogant. He was the better of the four students at the time that were at the school. And, but he could have been a little bit more humble about it since he became, he came from humble beginnings. But he was humble in front of the master more so than he was with his fellow students because he knew he was much better than they were. So I, I found him to be unlikable at the beginning of the movie but after he loses his arm and everything that he goes through throughout the movie made him more likable at the end of the movie. And I thought that um, the Swordmaster's daughter, I just didn't like her at all. Yeah, she doesn't grow very much. She does not well, learn anything from all the horrible not things. Not a thing. I mean, she, she, she takes, you know, her, her uh, she takes Fang Kang's arm and she doesn't learn from that. And and then her uh, her trust of smiling face results in the two senior students uh, having some serious problems, and she doesn't learn from that. And then um, and then when Fang Kang later in the movie he rescues her, and she's she's not. I mean, she I guess she's grateful, but she's also expecting a lot from him. Um, yeah, she's and, expecting him to go back and to be with her, and but after all the all the things that she's done, why would you expect that? You know, it's because she's spoiled. Yeah. 
She's the only child of the master, and she was spoiled more so, I think, by the mother than the father. Because the father seemed like he was going to come hard on her, and yep. the mother even I, said that she was too, he was too hard on her. I think I'm getting a little bit of uh, something on your mic there, just um, uh, but I'm sorry. What were you saying? I think that she doesn't. Her expectation that. Um, Fang Kang would come back with her and they would live happily ever after was way too far-fetched after everything that she had done, but I think it was because she was spoiled and I think she was more spoiled by the mother than she was by the father. I don't think the father let her get away with too much of anything. And the, in the one scene where the mother and father were talking, she actually did say, I think you're too hard on her. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, she's definitely spoiled, and that definitely is the problem. And she's kind of the contrast to the Zhao Man character, who's the opposite of that, and and sort of more of a simple, uh, a simple farmer type. And she's the one that ends up, uh, you know, the the the. I kind of like how they meet. The it's it's a little bit stagey, but when Fang Kang's arm is taken off, he stumbles onto a bridge, and then he falls into the river, and he lands in her boat, and. And then she takes him back to her village, and uh, I think she finds one of the elders there, and he, he kind of helps her, and then she nurses him back to health. Um, yeah, it was kind of cheesy, being yeah. at the right place at the right time. Yeah, it was, you know, it was operatic, I feel. It was very sort of, because yeah. that whole sequence, because everybody was at the right place at the right time, it, it just was like in a, in a, in a very uh, interconnected series of events. So first you had the students where the fight scene happens and she takes his arm and he runs away. Then the master shows up and confronts the students. And then Yang Kang falls into the, uh, I'm sorry, Fang Kang. Uh, in Return of Condor Heroes, the character's name is Yang Kang. Um, he, uh, or I'm sorry, Yang Gor. Uh, she, uh, he, he falls into the boat and then, you know, they go to the, vil the, the village and then the master shows up on the, uh, on the bridge. And, uh, and, um, and it all kind of feels a little bit coincidental, but it works if you imagine it as like an opera. Do you know what I mean? Then, then I think it kind of works. And I, I felt like that was what they were going for. So, um, so for me, it was, you know, it's fine, but yeah, it is, it is a little on the cheesy side. Um, and, uh, and then there's that, you know, the, the, the whole extended sequence where he's, he's sort of recovering under Jaman's care and she's kind of guiding him. Like he's becoming, She's not only uh, helping him recover from losing his arm, she's, she's showing him another way of life that he hasn't really known before. And, and so I think it's interesting that effect that she has on him as a character. And, and again, like, you know, like we said, she's kind of you know, contrasted with the, the, um, uh, the Chi Pei character, who's the daughter of the, of the uh, sword schoolmaster, uh, who's just much more... I guess self-centered and 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 spoiled, uh, but then uh, you know. I, oh, I'm sorry. Did you want to say something? I I do. I wanted to contrast two more characters. Oh sure. The um, henchman from um, Long Armed Devil. His two um, underlings are the complete opposite of the Chi masters. Um, two senior students that were mean-spirited towards um, Fang Kang. The, the golden 
sword. Hen- well, they're not henchmen, but his two senior students were not very good with the sword. They were not very bright, and they let the woman lead them to their deaths. Now, the two that were under long armed devil were very smart. They came up with the the weapon that would ultimately ultimately de- that could ultimately defeat the rival school, and they wouldn't have, I don't think they would have fallen into the traps of a woman. They were all about the business and not about anything else. They were very smart, but they were evil. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I think, too, that their costuming might have even kind of mirrored the costuming of the uh, the senior students. Cause I know, um, uh, what was the character's name? Sun Hao, I know, was one of the senior students that had the, the I think, like a tiger skin or a leopard skin uh, yeah, outfit of some kind, and I think either Ting or Ba might have had something like that. I could be wrong, but I, I seem to remember there being something like that on his on his costuming. Um, but yeah, and also I guess you could contrast them too against the uh, the two other underlings of um, of Smiling right. Face, who yeah. are who are uh, you know in their in, in their own way they're also under undermined by the um, uh, the the cheap pay character uh so and 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 they're not i i think at one point the uh uh uh, what was his name the gua shang character the 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 chubbier underling was uh was you know they were they're having him train with the lock swords he's like oh i'm sick of all this training and i'll just uh you know yeah let's go to a festival and and uh and they just go around and start bossing people around and bullying people um but also, I liked. There's a scene early on in the in the movie when, uh, like, right after Zhao Man is, uh, is 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 giving him his father's sword, and and I think it's maybe soon after he learned how to fish with his left arm uh, that the uh, that the two underlings of Smiling Face show up at you know at, at their residence and and start bullying him, and he really can't do anything about it. He's he's pretty helpless because he's he's never. Uh, he's never fought with just his left arm and 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 they end up really sort of embarrassing him and and making him feel unsafe and then the uh um and then smiling face shows up and and you know tells them to stop but uh but i thought that was a really important moment in the movie because it you know it, it emphasizes uh you know sort of the the significance of the loss of his arm uh, I, I think in a way the sequel to the movie kind of does a better job of that actually, but, uh, but I, I still thought that scene was pretty good for that reason. Okay. Let's get down to the villain, the oh, main villain. Okay. The, the main bad guy. So I have a lot of mixed feelings about this guy. Um, but I want you to start cause you had a particular criticism that you wanted to raise. So I want you to be able to, to, to get the ball rolling on this one. Okay, so my biggest complaint about the movie was the anticlimactic reveal of long-armed devil's face at the very end of the movie. They spent so much time at the beginning of the movie hiding his identity that I thought that when they revealed him, we were going to find him to be another character that they had already shown in the movie. So my two options that I thought it was going to be was 
first I thought it could be um, Zhao Man's car- grandfather, who was kind of thin, like long arms devil was, and he was older, and he had the the beard and everything. So they were very similar in size and everything. So I thought that it was going to turn out to be him. Then I got to thinking that um, we learn in the movie that Zhao um, Man's father was also a swordsman and he died by the sword. So I was thinking that maybe he actually really didn't die and became an evil an evil villain in order to make money and scheme and all that other things. It, basically, that's the fact that the good guy never wins, so he had to be evil to get ahead in life. Okay. So that would, that would have been I think that would have been an interesting twist. I, I had never actually considered that possibility, but that would have been quite interesting. Um it would have also undermined a lot of what she was teaching him. Um, exactly. Yeah. And so when they revealed him, I thought that, you know, it was going to be some shocker. And it was like, how could it be one of those two men? And she's doing all this thing, all these things, all these good things to teach um, Fang Kang about the sword and how he shouldn't live and die by it. But, you know, then we had the reveal, and I was like, bummer. That's so not cool. That's not anywhere near where I was going with this story. So my whole perception was blown at that point, and it was a letdown. But I did enjoy the movie. It was just that I didn't get what I was expecting to get or wanting to get, I guess. So, yeah, I mean... Uh... You're not the only person that said that to me. The uh, when I showed this to Steve, he had the same exact reaction to that, and um, I, I I think that I I kind of have a similar reaction to it too. I mean, the the actor who plays Long Arm Devil is Yung Chi Hing, and I think you know it was more meant as like a well, he's a venerable actor type thing, or uh, you know, uh, and so that was the you know sort of more like well, who's playing the Long Arm Devil character? That's sort of the the thing that they were trying to build up to, but I agree with you that it just doesn't really amount to much. I, I think I was I was telling you before the podcast how it was sort it would sort of be like if there were a movie today and you know they always showed the villain from behind, like in a gangster movie or something, and in the end you see that it's Stephen Buscemi. It's not really all that significant to the storyline that it just happens to be this actor playing him and the visual of the character like i you know that i've seen that guy in a bunch of wuxia movies and he usually has a little bit more of a big presence i feel and in this one he didn't when they reveal him his the the costuming and the beard and the he has these these uh these short spears that are uh, that he's got strapped to his back the 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 whole look creates a more diminutive effect he just seems a little bit smaller than he otherwise would and so the reveal is a little anticlimactic for that reason, too. I think the character looks cool. I like the look of the villain. Um, I just don't know that the, the build-up to the reveal was, um, was, was the strongest part of the movie. I would agree with that. Um, I yeah. did. Li- oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. To me, he was almost like a happy grandpa. But <laughs> I don't know why I got that impression. Or some, you know, he's very... 
happy with all the killing and things that he's doing in the movie, but he just, it wasn't like an evil happy to me. It was more of a happy, happy. I don't know. It was just really weird for me. He, he in the, he always reminds me of like a, an impatient barking dog in, uh, in the movie. Like something about the way he carries himself is very sort of like, I don't know. He's got, I think he's got like a, cause the whole backstory is that, you know, the, uh, the the master of the golden sword school beat him and now he wants revenge and so it's really like this inadequacy that i think brings him to 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 have this grudge and and so i think the the way that he looks being kind of i don't know not as physically imposing uh sort of works um but yeah i do think he does kind of have a I, i i wouldn't use the word happy but i do think he has a grandpa look to him I, I get more of a um uh I don't know there's a, there's a persistence to his character that reminds me of a, um mm. of just like a you know uh, I I don't know just just like a really tenacious dog um but uh but but I I I did like the look of the character I like the I like the whips and I like how that connects to his name Longarm Devil and I like the spears that he has on his back and and I like the way that the villain carries himself. I just don't know that the the reveal was all that helpful for, uh, you know, for building up to him. But uh, and to me, I would have preferred. I think Tian Feng is the as the villain because I saw him as more formidable, more of a presence, and more of a villainous type in this movie. I mean. I don't know. I think it was his costuming made him feel darker because he wears that black, heavy, dark robe in the movie. Yeah. And that to me is like, um, I I hate to bring it to a cartoon, but you know, in the cartoon with Metro man and, um, the little blue guy, and they bring out the um, big black mamba outfit that he wears at the end of the movie. That's what it kind of reminded me of, kind of like very formidable costuming. Okay. So he would have made a – his look to me would have been more of a villain than um, long-armed devil. Okay. I... Just this physical looking at him. Now, I do like the weapons, the, the name matching with the – the whip and you know the use of the hooked sword and and all that i thought that was great i just thought that him physically wasn't what i would want my villain to look like i don't know no and i think i think the in a way i think they might have been trying to do like i like tian tian fung does have a very tall physique in this and he and and they they seem to upplay that and they seem to downplay uh the the long arm devil's height and i've seen that actor in movies where they've made him look much taller do you know what i mean where they've made him look bigger and in this one he just really looks small and i think maybe the reveal was uh, was about sort of the, you know you're expecting somebody a little bigger and he's actually this kind of small guy with a really you know really uh, i don't know the, the sort of 
Napoleon complex or something. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I don't know if that's what they're going for. That's one of the ways that I've sort of looked at it. Um, but but yeah, that's that's why I say he kind of reminds me of like a barking dog. He's got sort of a Yorkie quality to him in the way that he carries himself. Um, and and I think it does kind of play into the stuff you were talking about with the intelligent villain thing where the reason he has to come up with the hook sword idea is because I don't think he can beat um, the uh, the master of the golden sword school in a fair fight. I think he needs to to have that that advantage in order to defeat him for sure. And so so I don't know, but 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 yeah, I, I would I would agree with you. He is he is kind of um, uh, he, he doesn't come off as being as as imposing as the Tian Fung character. Um, but, but again, I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if that's because they were going for something else or not, but, uh, and also Tian Fung does have, you know, just on his own, he's, he's got, he's got a presence to him. And, uh, and so, uh, but also the, sp- speaking of that character, I, 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 I was very perplexed by the final moment in the film when he breaks the sword. And I've never been able to really understand what his character is thinking in that moment. Um, there's, you know, there's that scene where, uh, and we're going to spoil stuff here, but where the, um, uh, where the, where Jimmy Wang use, uh, Fang Kang character returns to the school and he, he, he rescues them essentially from, uh, from, uh, long arm devil at the last moment. And, you know, he, he basically tells his old master that he's, you know, he's just going to go retire and live with this woman. And, he, you know, he considers himself a cripple and he doesn't want to be a swordsman anymore. And he and he and he leaves. And after he leaves, uh, Tian Fung picks up the sword and gets this look on his face and snaps the sword in half and throws it on the ground. And I've always been kind of confused by that. I've never really understood what the what the meaning was of that gesture. I don't know. I had always I wondered if he had closed the school at the end because obviously his other students weren't as good as this one and if he left the school in the hands of anyone else, it was gonna be finished in a matter of years anyway. That was my take on it. Um and because there weren't very many members left by the very end and he'd have to find new classes of students, I thought the breaking of the sword just meant that it was the end of his um, swordsman career, that he was finished with the whole thing, the school was going to close, and I don't know where I got that from. No, that's probably right. I mean, that makes total sense. And he breaks the golden sword, so it's the end of the golden sword school, I suppose. Um, I've just always, just something about his, I, I, I guess what I've always been confused about is his, what his attitude toward the Feng Kang character is at that point. Do you know what I mean? Because he seems almost angry. And I almost, you know, they don't do this in the next one, but it almost could become the point of an of a of a new movie where he seeks out revenge against Feng Kang. Like he's mad about what happened. Do you know what I mean? And that's why I watched the second one because I thought that's where the second one would go. Mm. Because um the master of the of the golden sword school was so angry at the end of that one, his daughter's heart was broken 
and he had no one to leave the school to because all of his disciples were pretty much inept and he was going to have to shutter his doors and that would be enough to make any man angry and seek revenge that he basically, even though he was a cripple and he was excellent with the sword, he turned his back on everything that um, the master had given him and he threw it all away just to be with some country girl. Yeah. And, and so, I, 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 it, it would have, I thought that would have been an interesting plot line for the sequel. Um, I mean, I like, I mean, they do bring Tian Fung back as, um, as one of the bad guys, but he's a different character in the, in the, uh, in the return of the one-armed swordsman. He's not the, uh, he's not the master of this school. Um, and I, and in a way I think it's probably a better movie for them not exploring the plot we're talking for, because I, I think that the sequel is actually really good, but, um, uh, but yeah, I, th- I, 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 I think when I first saw the sequel, that's what I was wondering about too. I think I, I, I was very curious about, uh, you know, that last moment in this movie. And I, and I, I thought that they would maybe pick up on that, but, uh, but yeah, I yeah. thought that they would explain that last moment a little bit more in the new movie, the second one. That's why I watched it. And, uh, and it's funny. I mean, there's you know, there's there's the there's one armed swordsman. There's Return of One Armed Swordsman. There's the new One Armed Swordsman. Um, and they're all really good, though. I think uh, the uh, the 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 new One Armed Swordsman. I know we're not talking about that movie, but one of the things I think that one does really well is it uh, it it really hammers home the loss of the arm in a way that this movie. Doesn't it? This one does it too, but it doesn't do it quite as well as that one, in my opinion, um, mm-hmm. because the you get you, you don't really get to see a lot of Fang Kang's skills in this one before he loses his arm. You you get a taste of it, and you certainly know that he's the best student at the school, but right. you, don't, you don't get a you don't get like a magnificent display of him fending off a hundred enemies or anything crazy like that. And a new one armed swordsman, not only do you get that, but but the one-armed swordsman in that one, he uses two weapons. He uses two swords. So the loss of the arm is that much more significant in, in that one. Um, but uh, but again, that's I guess that's besides the point. But but just if anybody's listening to this and they're you know they, they watch this one and then they decide to watch any of the others, the others are totally watchable and and definitely worth checking out. Um, at least I think so. I uh, I I, uh, I really like. You know, the, I, I like movies like this where the characters are missing an arm or or uh, or you know blind or what you know whatever whatever the 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 issue is. I, I like movies where they have that kind of a hurdle. But um, but yeah. So I don't. Uh, did you have any any other thoughts on the movie before we uh, before we uh, round this out? Um, I just thought it was a, a really good movie, and it was so good that I had to see the return of the one-armed swordsman right after it. I watched them back to back because I wanted to see, like I said, the if the one story bled into the other, and I also wanted to see if the second second one was as good as the first one. Yeah, I, I, they're they're really different movies. I feel like my, I mean, and and I think it's uh they're they're both excellent films and my feeling is the first one is a little bit more um artful in the way that it handles the subject matter and is maybe a slightly better film in terms of 
story and all that stuff. But I think the second one is is kind of more entertaining in that it has it really plunges you into the martial world, and you just have this this wonderful cast of of, of good guys and bad guys, and uh, and you get to see the one armed swordsman really come into his own as it like he you know in this one he kind of meekly retires and uh, and, and and it seems like well. He feels that he 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 gained enough skill in order to rise to that one occasion, but he's not necessarily. Um, you don't get the sense that he feels like he completely conquered the you know the the missing arm, and in the second one you get the sense that he's he's like an undisputed master, and and so I think that's kind of a nice uh, arc to have for the character. Um, but. But yeah, I, I I think that this is a um, this is a great movie. Uh, again, those who are listening, it's it's available on Prime, and it's uh, it's you know I don't know how long it's going to be on there, but I would I would encourage people to watch it. You do have to watch the English dub. Um, I I think that the subs the subbed version is a little bit better than the dub version, but the dubs are still fine. Did you have any issues with the with the dubs when you watched it, or were you uh, were you okay with them? My usual problem is I don't like the English coming out of mm. the the mouths because mm. I don't think that they match up the English voices well enough with the actors. Yeah. And that bothers me. But. Yeah, and in this one I noticed them using a lot of throwaway words to get it to match up sometimes. And it, right. would, it would make it sound like they were using double negatives. They, they weren't actual double negatives, but I think they, they did a lot of there were a lot of sentences that had but and though in them and it felt very redundant, but I think they did it to, um, to just mat- help match up the, the, the words to what their lips were doing. Um, and that's annoying to me. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds very peculiar. It does sound very peculiar, but I, I didn't see any, sometimes you get those, the, the dubs where the, the accent changes or the actor changes or, the characterization seems to change, and I didn't get any of that. Yeah, in this that wasn't there this time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, I I guess before we go to there, and, and if you don't have anything, no worries. But are there any movies that you've seen that you want to recommend to people, or that you're interested in seeing? Um, I I would recommend. The New One-Armed Swordsman. I think that's an excellent movie. I saw that one before I saw this one. Oh, really? That's interesting. I didn't realize. Yes. That. Okay. That's that's a very interesting so order. I think I know why you saw it first, but um, why? how did that... Was it because of who plays the New One-Armed Swordsman? Yes. I was going through a, an Iron Triangle phase, and uh-huh. I was really going through... Um, David uh, Chang's videos, movies a lot. So um, I had saw that one first, and I had read an article about Jimmy Wang Yu that put me off of him. Okay. So I really wasn't, even though I wanted to see this one, I was really I had some trepidations about seeing it because I already had a dislike. Okay. Now was it for something? Was was one of the controversies in his life, or was it just for something that? about his acting or something. I read something about him, some of the things he used to do with his female co-stars oh, and okay. he played with insects and things. And, mm. you know, just, I didn't like that. Um, 
and some other issues. But um, so I really wasn't going to watch this movie, but it always comes highly recommended by people. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to put my issues aside with the actor and go ahead and delve into it. And I really liked the movie. So okay. usually yeah. if I can't get into an actor on some kind of level, then. Well, that can be important. I mean, that can be a big draw to a movie. Um, you know, I, there are definitely films I've watched just because of the actors. Um, you know, I've, I've pretty much watched the whole Cheng Pei Pei catalog because, you know, I, I like, I like her in these kind of movies. And, um, you know, I, I've done similar things with like T Lung and actors like that. Um, and I've watched all of Lu Feng's movies because of him, even though some of them were horrible. I still watched them. Well, you, you know, know, that's that's a that's a sign of a true fan. You know, you, you stick through the, the bad ones and the good ones. Um, you know, it's a uh, I mean, you know, not, not every not every actor gets handed the best roles all the time. So. Right. I think everybody makes a dud every once in a while. And a lot of times it's not their fault. I mean, like, I love Angela Mao, but there are some movies she's in that are not terribly great movies. And it's not her fault. You know, it would have been great if they had cast her in better films because she's such a great performer. But um, but you got to, you know, you got to watch the ones that she's in. Um, right. So uh, that's just the way it is. And, uh, you know, the, but 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 I, I, I think um, I just think it's interesting that you saw that one first because I, I, I don't know how I would feel about this one if I saw them in reverse order. Um, you know, that always changes things. Uh, it's like I saw the, uh, you know, when I when I first got exposed to Condor Heroes, I saw Return of Condor Heroes before Legend of Condor Heroes. And so that completely, I think, shaded my, you know, like my sense of the of the trilogy. Um, and I think New One Armed Swordsman is a really good movie, too. It's a surprisingly good movie for, like, for a film where they're basically replacing the main, the, the, the former star with a new one and starting right. over again. Um, it's, it's, it's a really good movie. Uh, I, 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 I highly recommend that one to people. Um, uh, and, uh, and I think it's, it's almost, it almost, it, 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 it what, what I like about that one too, is I feel like Cheng Che is doing, he's sort of getting a chance to do over some of the things he might not have quite got right the first time around. Um, mm. and so there's a lot of things in that one. Like I said, like the whole, you really do feel for the loss of the arm in that one, I think in a way that you don't in this one. Uh, and also I think a lot of the sword play in that one is better. Um, there's a, there's a movie I'd like to recommend to people if they haven't seen it. I think it's called the blade or blade. It's a, um, movie that came out in the nineties. Uh, in fact, let me see if I can find it. Um, that's, that's sort of like a remake of, um, of, uh, of, of the one armed swordsman, but not really. And, uh, let me just see if I can find it. Yeah, it was a 1995 uh, movie called The Blade, and uh, it's it's definitely worth checking out if uh, if you if you you know have an interest in the One Armed Swordsman. And another movie that I saw that I, I, I I'm not really recommending, but I saw it and I I, I want to mention it is um, the uh, the sequel to Journey to the West: Conquering the Demons. Um, Journey to the West: uh, The Demon Strike Back. I was I was a little disappointed with it. It wasn't quite as um, as exciting as the first one. I thought uh, it still wasn't a horrible movie. It just 
the, I thought the first one was really special and had a you know like a, a a lot of heart and humor to it and and this one I just didn't quite laugh as much and I didn't um, I was I was just not enjoying it as much as the first one um, but that's available in uh, in Blu-ray I think and people might want to check that out if they're fans of um, the the original Journey of the West conquering the demons um, but yeah so we'll we'll be back on uh, hopefully. Uh, I think on, on Monday we're going to do a, um, a, a web of death discussion and and then you know we'll see what we're going to do next with um, me and Lady Chow Fung. But, but again, the movie is One-Armed Swordsman. Uh, it's a classic and you can check it out at Amazon Prime. It's, it's um, you know, I, 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 I don't know about you, Lady Chow Fung, but I think they do a great job getting those old Shaw Brothers movies up there. And, uh, and it's definitely, I, I've, I've gotten a lot more use out of that than my Netflix account for. Oh, um, me too. For, me yeah. too. Definitely. So it's, it's, I, I would definitely say, uh, you know, if you, if you're on the fence with prime and you're a, a martial arts fan, especially if you like the classic Shaw brothers, try it for a little while. Cause I, it's really, um, they have a lot of classics on there. You do have to watch it with the dubs, which sometimes isn't always fun, but, um, but you can get over that pretty quickly. You still get to see all the action. So, uh, so yeah, so, so we'll be back on soon. And until then, we'll talk to you later. Yeah!